Hi, you're again with Volleyball Explained podcast and our edition talking about the Champions League this time because the final has been played on the 1st of May and Zaxa became champion of Europe for the very first time, beating the team of Twento 3-1. And this is going to be our first topic to talk about with uh, Nicola, the sad Trentino boy, and uh, uh, Ronnie, the... I don't know uh, what uh, I, what is I, the what is the Cuban what is the Cuban attitude towards this I, match? But I uh, I don't know anyway. I don't know what is the Cuban attitude, but I'm sad too because I lost money on that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, yeah if you, if if Nicola wants to start talking about this this match, I will leave the ground to you guys. Uh, I, I will just listen. Uh, well, uh, we. Some people can say that uh, this was one of the most disappointing uh, performance of the Trentino team uh, because Saxa, for many people, wasn't the favorite to win this final. And, well, after review uh, the performance of Saxa in the Champions League, I disagree a little bit because they, they win over big teams and teams that had more uh, budget uh, for, for, for anyone in the, in the Plus Liga. And a team like Lube Civitanova and of course Zenit Kazan. And they, they, they stand there in the final uh, without no, no fear and without thinking that they can be the underdogs, you know. They just play the game and go with the... With the with the with the flow you know so uh let's say that trentino play well the first half of the sets but they 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 couldn't close they couldn't finish and this is this is one of the many problems that we have talked in this podcast through the season the 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 no uh, let let me put it that that this way trentino never found his shape they sometimes uh, win five and four matches something like that but then fall apart in the bit in the big decisions so i don't know if nicola agrees or not maybe uh, as trentino fan uh, you told me in a conversation the a past few days that for you it wasn't a disappointment season because you reached at least one final and well I take into consideration that for me, with the budget they spent this season and with zero trophies, for me, uh, was a disappointment. So, uh, yeah, that's my old speech. <laughs> well, I, actually, you asked me if it was the worst season ever of, uh, of Trento, and I told you not. Because, yeah, they, they spent a lot of money and they should have at least won if not one list fight till the end for a trophy but they spend money to reduce the gap i mean i will consider it a fully disappointment if they were already on the level of lube and perugia and they spend money and they, they eventually lost but actually the the money they spent was to, to basically reduce the gap and if you look at it in the past few seasons Trento basically lost every game they played against uh, lube and perugia this year, at least, they, they fought. 
uh, it was w worth nothing at the end of the of the season because they they, they go home empty-handed. But I, I mean, it, it's also it's difficult to uh, to not to be disappointed. But also, if you look at it, uh, if you look at it in a rational way, I mean, if everything has to comes down to one game, you you may win or you may lose. It's not like they they, they were inferior to Lube in the Italian competition and in the European competition. They, they lost the final. Uh, it would be highly disappointed if they I don't know if they were be sent off in the group stage or in the quarterfinal, like that. It's still disappointing, of course, because they didn't win. But not so much. Uh, I also predicted that Trentino will win, maybe as a slight favorite, not as a yeah, highly highly regarded favorite, but still, uh, I believe that this match was very interesting from a tactical perspective, especially taking into account the viewpoint of Trento. Because if you look at the statistics and see what the reception of the team was, it's... Uh, totally significant let's say it in this way that in the in the difference between the sec the first and the second set and the third and the fourth set where uh, Alessandro Micheletto played the the difference in terms of percentage in reception is from 15 to 25 percent better with Micheletto at the court than with Koi and it is no surprise that actually Trento won the third set with uh, with this reception because Micheletto was absolutely monstrous in the reception, especially of uh, jump song serves. And he he eased and make, made it a lot easier for for Gianelli to, to organize the game with that kind of reception. And it was totally different with Koi, uh, with Koi on the field. So... It could be a little bit harsh thinking firstly about Trento, but I would say that with Micheletto starting, uh, Trentino would have chance would have had the chance to, to win the match and to win the win the, the Champions League. Of course, this is a pretty much of a speculation because there there is no if, but uh, there was this period between maybe end of February, March and April, where Micheletto form was down. So, so uh, in comparison to December and uh, January, where he, he was absolutely brilliant. Uh, uh, and in this match, he showed that he was actually more to, to his uh, form from the, from the winter and, uh, and not that from the last three months. So I believe that that this was a mistake of Lorenzetti starting not with Micheletto but with Koi. Taking uh, the talking about uh, the winners from Zaxa, uh, firstly, we should note the unbelievable match uh, Alexander Slivka, the MVP of the match, uh, unarguably played 67% in attack, and uh, but only 40% in reception. With with the other outside hitter, Camil Semenyuk, with uh, the reverse figures in reception and uh, and attack, so better reception and uh, and uh, lower figures in attack. So, in 
In set three, the statistics shows that Slivka attacked only two times. So the, mm, the consequence could be very simple in this, uh, uh, in, in, in this case. So when Slivka is attacking less, Trentino had the better chance to win. So, so Trento just needed in this specific match to make Slivka attack less, and they didn't do it. Uh, because in the fourth set, uh, Slivka attacked, I believe, something like eight or nine times for the whole set, and and uh, and uh, Zaksa won the fourth set, and we did the, the match too. So, uh, of course, we should take into account the, the the game of all of the Zaksa players, especially Tunio Tihu, who distributed the attacks very evenly with uh, four, the 24 for Slivka, 25 for Semenyuk, and 32 for. Uh, the opposite, uh, Lukas Kaczmarek, uh, but still Zatorski played again again on a very high level. So I believe Zaksa deservedly won this match, but still I believe that Trento could have done better with Micheletto starting and probably a little bit different tactics in terms of uh, direction of serve, but it's very easy uh, uh, to to talk after the match, and so we have a saying Bulgaria here that uh, uh, after after let's say it's not after the crash or uh, after the the car is broken, it's, it's easy to talk, and there are a lot of a lot of ways. So, uh, yeah, Zaksa won deservedly, but Trento could have done better. Uh, do you want to to add something about about this one about my considerations and probably to 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 have an to have an argument with me about uh, this? Watching the watching the, the the numbers the official numbers from the OLSEF uh, website and uh, comparing uh, to one team with another, we see that uh, only uh, Saxa only did three points more than uh, Trentino. And uh, well, in the all aspects of the game, of course, you can see the defense uh, work from Saxa, and I think this one one of the key key things uh, that Saxa managed well, especially with uh, with Satorsky and uh, and the others uh, outside hitters. Uh, and we come, we often see the this uh, this. Uh, uh, I mean, aspect of the game being uh, underrated, and I think th this is important because when you see uh, from for people that didn't watch the game, and they say, "Well, the numbers are, are uh, uh, almost the same. What what happened then? You you can see the defense, <laughs> the defense number, and this is uh, important. Or the or the times that let's see, uh, middle blockers or players from Saxa." Touch the ball in the in the block, uh, so this is also another thing to have in the consideration. For example, Lucare Lucarelli was set the ball 20, uh, 23 times, and he only make eleven points. So this means that uh, he he got blocked three times, uh, missed two balls. But what happened with the with the other with with the other uh, sets? This means that or he he delivered the ball uh, a free ball 
or he was defensed by the other team. So uh, this this can be uh, uh, an interesting study for those you uh, over um, over the, the the community of the volleyball to to discuss why people don't don't show the sorry don't show the the the, the defense stats and yes this is pretty much it. yeah i believe this is this is one of the one of the deficiencies of the stats which is uh, uh, presented in uh, in the in the CEF uh, of the website of the european volleyball confederation because you don't have the information about how many how many uh, balls have been played in defense and uh, the percentage of the counterattacks which uh, have been or uh, successful after that defenses. So this is very important, especially in the in a match uh, where where a team with a very good defense plays. Because I believe that in in his shape now, Zatorski is the best libero in the world in terms of defense. Maybe even better than. Than Grebenikov. Maybe Grebenikov is better in uh, in reception and covering uh, uh, more uh, of the court, uh, uh, covering his uh, his teammates in reception. But I believe that Zatorski is uh, is uh, the best in, in defense uh, at the moment. And you know this, uh, sorry, but but I do know this because you saw the the type of serve that uh, a, a man like Nimir. Had uh, or or made in that in that game, and you saw almost the perfect reception that Satorsky did over. Uh, uh, I mean, over the entire, uh, let's see, first, second, and maybe fourth set. So this was a crucial uh, thing that we often uh, discuss because you know we people only see the the men who scored the, the points, but never see the 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 people behind the creation of. The entire play, you know, the 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 play comes from the reception and then goes to the uh, the attack and and go on. But uh, yeah, I think in the, in the future people have uh, have to watch more the the the, the, the liberals of the people who make defense that we yeah. often uh, underrate so much. Yeah, for sure. Because if you don't have this liberal or or receivers, the attackers are not going to have the ball in in decent situations. So it it, it won't matter for them. Uh, maybe just to to mention also the of course to the female final because it was a pretty dramatic match between uh, and we didn't expect uh, anything different from that uh, between Imoko Imokovoli Coneliano and uh, Vakov Bank with uh, Imokovoli winning in a tiebreak, uh, but uh, a really interesting match between, uh, for sure, between the two best teams in the world now, and uh, battles between the opposites, Pauwe Gono and Isabel Haag. And uh, I would like also to mention this thing because I don't think I like it. Uh, out of 166 uh, balls uh, attacked by uh, Coneliano, Egono attacked 71. This is almost, uh, I don't know, 40 and something percent. So, uh, yeah. So you you can say that it was Bakifan versus Paolo Egono. Uh, or <laughs> Hack against Egono. I don't know. 78, 78 attacks out of 
168 were spiked by hack for the bank. So, so almost, almost, I don't know, 45, 46% of all attacks spiked in the match were spiked by Egonu and Hark. And you couldn't say that, <laughs> of course, that uh, Corneliano and Vakov Bank uh, uh, don't have enough quality in, uh, in position four or in the middle, I don't know. Because they have, uh, they have Kimberly Hill and uh, Adams or Silla at Southside hitters and, uh, and uh, Barch and uh, Gabi Gimaraes or Ismail Ugu in, uh, in Vakov Bank. Yes, of course, Egonu is a phenomenon. Uh, and Hark is also great, but I don't like this kind of volleyball. And uh, and my my let's say detailed problem is that with it, is that okay if the reception is not good, if it's a hard defended ball and it is on the fifth sixth meter, of course the the most normal thing to do for Joanna Volos is to set the ball to, to Egono or Ognjenovic to hack and uh, and uh, uh, wait for a, for a successful spike. But a lot of times it you had a perfect reception and they make the same and the same and the same again and again and again. And I don't understand this type of uh, this type of attitude. I don't understand. Okay. I just don't like it. Maybe, maybe, maybe after the result for uh, for uh, Corneliano is a win and a title, a triumph. Yeah, uh, you don't you don't judge the winners, but uh, I don't like it. I just don't like it. Well, uh, sorry, Nicola, you want to say something about it? Yeah, j just about the consideration of Bogdan did. Um, I have my personal opinion about the fact that. When you're in, you're in a final, the ball has to go to the player who could score points because there, there's no tomorrow. I mean, it, whatever the reception is, I will always set the ball, even if it's not a clear, I don't know, open field for the middle blockers or, or you see that the, the outside hitter is paired with the opposite setter. I, I will always set the ball to the one that it's more likely to score points. So yeah, maybe with the two super teams that were on the field, you could have expected some different plays. But at the end, scoring points was what mattered most. And they gave the ball to the two players who were most likely to do that. Just did that's my opinion. I mean, I would like to see a team team play uh, or a play or a team playing with all their effectives. But you could see it maybe in the regular season or when the 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 score is something that you can handle in in a set like that in, in the final. Just give the ball to the one who could score more points. That that just might take. Well, uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, let me tell you something. In you know that in women volleyball, we are usually. Uh, we usually see more defense and better reception skills because and without uh, offending anyone the game is more slower and you don't have the same of amount of power that you see in men volleyball so that 
rallies uh, in main rallies uh, go fast maybe eight eight seconds maybe maybe less in in rare occasions we see a, a rally f uh, reaching the 50 seconds and well um, in women volleyball is different you you have the, the the ball in the air more time than usually you see and uh, of course even if Ojenovic and Wolos serve more the ball to to the, the the respective opposite when we see the numbers we see also that they they set uh, a decent amount of balls uh, to the uh, oxide hitters and the centers middle blockers sorry uh, but I don't know and as I mentioned because of the characteristics of the women volleyball none of the oxide hitter were capable of doing some real damage I'm talking about Hill I'm talking about Mackenzie Adams I'm talking about uh, maybe uh, what is the uh, Bar Gabby. no uh, Bar Hackley Gabby. I mean Bar Hackley and Gabby did add, add a, uh, a double digit uh, performance uh, Milian Silla wasn't wasn't good yeah. he, she was substituted in the in the uh, after the first set so uh, but yeah uh, I mean, Egonu and Hack didn't play uh, perfect, you know. But we, when, uh, like I told you in the in your group, volleyball explained in Facebook, uh, doing, uh, I mean, forty points or more and having a effectiveness in attack of fifty-five percent in women volleyball, that's uh, that's incredible. You you can set all the balls you want; she will deliver. Not so much for Hack, who made only 40%, and she was the most uh, fitted uh, uh, player in the court of uh, Bucky Fan. I mean, I, uh, let's say, I think in the tiebreak, uh, Ojenovic made uh, a huge mistake in some sets that cost, and that cost uh, Bucky uh, the title. Because I think, I believe that Bucky Bank played more as a team and not Conegliano. Conegliano just set the ball to the best player they have. Arguably one of the top three players in the world and make the, the magic happen. So yeah, congratulations to also to uh, Imoko because they ended the season with zero defeats. And this is a, 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 a thing that maybe people don't really care because they say, ah, but they have uh, a decent thing. And let me tell you something, Real Madrid, or other teams in the in the history of the sports have decent team and didn't want shit so sorry for the word but it is what it is so uh, this is a thing of regu uh, being constant you know being uh, uh, capable of uh, winning even the game with the most worst team in the in the in the table to not give anything away or easy so just yes, 64 victories perfect season so and I think this uh, will be a, a record for the, for the ages so in, in the history of the volleyball uh, actually yeah, this, I think this that is for sure yeah no I think that Vakif back itself between 2000 I, I've read it something so I, I'm not sure about the the seasons but Vakif should have won something like uh, almost 80 games in a row so it's not a record Right yeah, now, but in a row, but in a season, 
They no, are... no, it's not. It's not set sixty-four in a season. It's sixty-four in a row, considering half of the season, half of oh, the okay. 2019-2020 season. We, we are taking that. We are saying that. I mean, in the entire season, they didn't lose one game. So uh, exactly, this this can be considered a record. Now, I don't know if they keep uh, the momentum high, and in September or October, when the season uh, starts. They keep winning too, so I don't know what's gonna happen. But if, I think it's pretty possible that break the record of Bakif at some point. I don't know. Okay, um, let's go back again to to Italy men, and uh, this time talking about transfers because uh, we had this uh, not very pleasant uh, news that. I wouldn't say falling apart, but uh, Trentino needs to sell Nimir and Lucarelli and again I'm giving uh, Nicola the possibility to explain. Yeah, uh, we couldn't see that, we didn't see it coming. I mean, we've been commented something like that for the past two months that Trento is a, is a team that always had a, had a look on the budget and this year they tried to build a more expensive team and they were pretty unlucky with the circumstances of the pandemic uh, because the entire team uh, was uh, was built before the start of the pandemic and then they have to carry the wages in a in a season where you don't have the the income of game days tickets and uh, everything that is around uh, a match um i think that the loss in the champions league final uh, accelerated the process of rebuilding um probably with a win the mood uh, would have been something like uh, we got a winning side, let's hold on, uh, just sell a player, and maybe renegotiate the, the wages with the, the we others and try to keep the core of the team for the upcoming season. And after the loss, the disappointment was tangible and probably they thought that it's not worth it. The risk is too high and they start to, to rebuild the team uh, I wouldn't say from the basis, but but almost, because there have been no official statement yet as concerned uh, selling players, buying new ones, but it's pretty clear that Trento will sell most of the starting lineup, from Lucarelli to Limir, probably Lizinath, probably Giannelli, probably Rossini. So they will build a team, uh, a roster of youngsters with some experienced players. Uh, probably Kaziski and maybe Podrashanin if he stays in, in Trento with the goal to develop a core group of for the future and fight for a playoff spot. Moz myself uh, said that uh, he's also looking for someone who could possibly progressively take uh, over the team. He has been uh, the, the main... Uh, See the main man for Trento in the past 20 years, he says that he could not do it for the next 20s. So he, he's probably looking for, for, a, for a solution uh, like that. And I agree with that. Uh, I mean, in the past 15 years, we've seen so many teams disappear during the season after season. Parma, uh, Roma, Cuneo, Sisley Treviso, the old Piacenza, Montichiari, 
uh, Ravenna itself, they don't know if the next season they will be in the Super League or they will be start from the Serie A2. So we'll see, we'll see. And actually, I'm I'm pretty thrilled to to see what they build with the lower budget and how they could handle the highly probable um, loss of uh, of Giannelli. And because I don't think that Giannelli will be in Trento next year. I think that he, he will leave. But how can I say they have to find a political way to make that acceptable for the fans? Because Mosna doesn't want to be the one to blame for that divorce and Giannelli neither. He doesn't want to look like the captain that jump off the, the boat or... I don't know, we'll leave the team in the difficulties. But I think that he has to move if he wants to, to improve. And probably Perugia will be a perfect landing spot for him. Maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I want to say again Stoichev Kaziski. Maybe for a very last time, in, yeah, not maybe, but for a very last time in, in Trento as a combination, because... I, I have the feeling that Lorenzetti won't uh, won't stay also. So uh, yeah. So so uh, we were talking uh, even internally in our chat that uh, Matei's possibility and uh, yesterday evening I saw in volleyball it that uh, Kaziski in Trento is only to be officialized and I was surprised because it was just a speculation for now. So so only to be officialized is yeah. One one step further to what I uh, let's say not dream of, but uh, I want to to, to see again. And uh, yeah, uh, it's very interesting how things are developed uh, uh, here. And uh, with uh, with uh, I j- just in the same in the same line of uh, considerations, I believe I don't know why, but I believe that that Janelle will stay. I don't know. Maybe it's not not practical or not. Uh, not feasible to, to think it, but I, b- I believe that Gianelli will stay. Um, actually, what people say here in, in Trentino is that they built the team of this season with the precise goal to keep Gianelli, to convince him to stay in the team and to, to be part of a side that could have possibly been a winning one. So if you dismantle the team, uh, for as much as Giannelli loved Trento because it's the, the team that raised him, that gave him the, the chances to be a professional, I actually don't see the reason why it should be in a team that will probably fight for the spots from fifth to eighth, or hopefully not worse, actually. And while he could go to to a side like Perugia that will try to win every title that they will compete for. So, I mean, I would be glad if he decided to stay because if he leaves, we also, Trento also has to find a, a, another setter and I don't know what the option could be, but I, I had that feeling that at the end of the season, they they will split ways. It's, 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 how, it's how it works. And, Maybe it's also time for him to, to find a new challenge. And as I told you, under Gerbic in Perugia, he could learn a lot from such an experienced former setter. And and, and Diver, it will be more, how can I say, um, 
with Perugia with Janelli could also be something good for the Superlega itself. It will be a side that along with Lube and Modena will will give the everything the, till the end of the season. Uh, mentioning um, uh, Perugia, the last uh, in the last podcast we talked about the transfers very uh, a lot of in, in details. So just to mention that Matt Anderson is still not officialized in Perugia and Zaitsev not officialized in Lube, and maybe this is go this, these are going to be the, the two biggest uh, transfers. Uh, which about which we're going to uh, to talk uh, later um don't forget uh, don't forget lucarelli in the lube Chimitor. yeah yeah and and so where where is nimir going to go because this is uh, this is also uh, <clears throat> a thing that uh, that could be uh, that could be discussed uh, there are some speculations about moderna but i'm not sure how they're going to 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 go then with um with uh, the Italians. two Italians on, on the field, probably if they if they take again Rossini, they, then then they were going to to have uh, allow Bruno and Gapet and uh, uh, and um, Nimir uh, with uh, with Rossini Stankovic, who has an Italian passport, uh, which is let's say it in this way, but it's it's a rape of the system. And uh, and Mazzone. So I don't. Uh, in principle, uh, this this passport of Stankovic was was taken by him. I I know that he's playing for 100 years in Italy, but uh, but this passport was taken only for the for for this purpose. So not because he's going to play in the Italian national team like like Koi played, for example. Well, uh, I married an Italian woman. <clears throat> Sorry, yeah. I get the password also because he married an Italian woman. So, why Stankovic get it just because he, as you say, he's been there since the Middle Ages? So, uh, <laughs> I think that Nimir will uh, reduce his salary, but still, he win a considerable amount of money. He knows that if he goes to Modena, he will not be the star in that team. That that thing will be discussed between Bruno Leal and Engape, who will be the face of the franchise of Modena next year. And like Nicola said in the past few programs, I don't know uh, where the money is come from from a team that didn't have money uh, this previous season to to invest <laughs> in anything. Uh, and if we have the consideration of the this year we didn't have a crowd in the in the halls that is uh, well i i mean i i have i want to i i don't want to be the person who, who point fingers to anyone but uh, is it is it is what it is unless your sponsor is a uh, gazprom or some big uh, brand from europe this this is very 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 suspicious, but it it is what it is. Uh, Modena uh, made it. He, they they have the money to invest at least one season, because we all know what happened when uh, a big thing is created. They disappear the season after because they can keep keep up with the salaries and 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 all the stuff. But uh, but yes, uh, Modena will be. I mean, I hope they 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 fill the shoes. 
that they are stepping off and, and try to, to do something with the duology that Perugia and Lube have from several years ago. So, yes, let's see. When we talk about transfers, uh, of course, we need to uh, to mention that according to volleyball, it's Nishida, our friend, is also only to be officialized in Vibo. So he suffered so, an injury. I, I, he suffered an injury. Yeah. So I, I don't know if if that's gonna happen. They they will have to see first what is going on with his ankle. I mean, he have uh, I don't uh, he 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 breaks his ankle, but I don't know what is the grade of the injury because you know if it's grade one uh, with with rest for two weeks. I I mean, you can be on the court uh, soon, but if he broke. The, the the ligaments of the ankle that that we keep in at least for four months and maybe we'll have to go under a surgery let's see what japan yeah. volleyball federation says about that. I, I i read something that he's going to be uh, able to play in the olympics for sure but this probably means that he'll kill miss the the vnl which is which is a shame for sure yeah, for, for what is worth the the win and actually. So yeah, I mean. no, uh, I I mean you can you can say what is worth the VNL, but what is worth the Japan team because they rely too much in this player, you know, to achieve something. They have also Shimizu Kunihiro Shimizu that has been a part of the Japan national team for many many years, but it's not the same. Shimizu had a big serious injury in the past. When he was playing on his league and he's old, you know, so he can be... Uh, I mean, I don't say that with Nishida, Japan could, could be a great team in the Olympics or the VNL, but uh, they they, they yeah. will suffer this this loss for sure. Yeah, he's oh, old. He's, he's one one year older than Nicole, so... <laughs> that, that's not, uh, let's not yeah. talk about the age here. So yeah, yeah. Uh, just to mention the, some further transfers that have been officialized after we talked the last time: Grozer to Monza, uh, 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 Brizar, the French setter to Piacenza, where he's going to play with Lagumja, with Rosar, with uh, with Russell. So this is going to be a very decent team. Uh, fighting for top four, I believe, for the next uh, season, at least in terms of names. Uh, and uh, some uh, transfers outside of Italy, because actually not, not fully outside, because uh, Mika Christensen from Modena is going to Zenit Kazan. Dmitry Volkov, the Russian outside hitter, the international Russian outside hitter, will play in Zenit Kazan also. And uh, there, for example, uh, Alexander Butko, the, the, uh, the, the setter of uh, Zenit so far, is going to play in Kuzbas. And the setter of Kuzbas, Igor Kobzar, another international Russian uh, player, will go to Zenit St. Petersburg. So there is a, a significant switch uh, and uh, swap of, uh, of setters in, uh, in Russia in some, uh, in some way. Another, another not so big transfer, but uh, uh, interesting one is that uh, Francesco Regine is appointed to be in Piacenza next season. And of course, our uh, rookie of the year by some people, Eddie Lucky, 
we'll play we play in, in Padova next season. So so yeah, we also have maybe just maybe Danilo Sotile from Cisterna going to Dube Civitanova as a backup setter. You know, in in case uh, let. It's not official. It's not official. You know, so just uh, some some rumors that have been uh, in the in the in the in the cloud. And of course, we can uh, skip this part without taking uh, talking about Alex Grosdanov, yeah. the middle blocker yeah. of uh, of uh, Bulgaria and one of the uh, big names in the future for this uh, country. It's going to be Vero Bolimonza, which is, I think, uh, a good news for Bulgaria fans, uh, taking the consideration yeah. that Monza is a is a medium table team, at, at least better than Ravenna, which was the uh, a rocky team, let's say it that way, a, a team of of de- developing developing players. But I think Vero Bolimonza will be uh, a good challenge for this uh, player. He will also play in the CV Cup, so yeah. I, I would say that this is a very the, the right thing to do because he needs to play, and uh, uh, even even though I believe that even he had this possibility to go even to a better team, it's better to to make to make this step into first into a medium team and this hopefully after that to a top four team, let's say if possible, because he needs to play now and. I believe that in Monza he's going to be a regular player and not a, not a substitute. So, st- yes, still, still he's going to have a competition in probably Beretta and Galassi, but uh, but I believe that he's going to be a starter there. Uh, I envision in Alex Grosdanov if he, if he follows that that path that you just mentioned, uh, maybe next season or in two seasons in a team like Perugia, for example. When they say goodbye to Sole, maybe, and they have to, uh, and they have to look the market to to hire a a good middle blocker who is able to not only blocking but also attack. I I really want to 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 see if he can improve in the serve because I I think he have the potential to 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 serve at, at least like uh, let's say Binic. Who is not a a good John server, but he still managed to 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 deliver some some quality serves uh, in the in the court. So yeah, yeah. he's hybriding the serves. So this is the um, this is the thing of uh, which uh, who's the the serve of Bienek is typical with that. It, it is a hybrid <laughs> serve. So. Uh, uh, another, yeah. Another things maybe will be Marco Falaschi heading to Perugia. Just rumors at this point. Daniel Lavia may be going to Trentino. I don't know where the where is the uh, where where the money will will come from, but uh, maybe maybe this is an an option, a cheaper option. And also yeah. uh, in the it's, it's, it's not like they don't have money. Yeah, eh? <laughs> they're reducing the team, but they're not selling the bus to, to pay people. I mean, I, to I, get I, someone like Lavia. It's not that 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 expensive. Uh, and, and also, well, uh, Lorenzo Codarin, one of the 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 middle blockers, he was playing in Cuneo this season in Serie A due. Maybe he 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 can go to Trentino uh, in the next few days. Let's see. Uh, of course, you have Musavi going to from Piacenza to Federbach. I mean, I think he's playing his last season as a pro volleyball uh, player. 
uh, and yes, this is the, the most interesting transfer or at least rumors that we can we can discuss. Uh, I, I, I miss that Jan Kosameni will go into from, from Milano to Acheco Resovia, so maybe uh, this is uh, still a, a relevant transition. Yeah, and so just just to to end this discussion with uh, with another opposite playing, uh, he played uh, along uh, for many years in in Italy, Atanasievich, hmm. and now he's uh, he's back to to Skra and also to Skra Bohatov, and also I'm very interested how things will end uh, end up uh, for the next season for Rechlitski because he played very good, great. Uh, I, I would say season for for Luba and and now it's interesting where he's going to end up because he needs to play and it will be a it will be a shame if he's a substitute somewhere in the big teams. Let's see that maybe just maybe Anderson has more money that Perugia can afford. Relishki could be an option to to Perugia or Modena, the same with Modena. Yeah, Modena will have to choose. Uh, okay, Nimir has better serve, but he lacks to, uh, let's say, decision in the big matches, as we saw this season, you know, that he couldn't pass the 40% in effectiveness. Uh, so, I don't know. I think we can be uh, underestimate Rilischki because he's, he isn't uh, a player that comes from a volleyball country. Uh, it is uh, like, uh, let's say, uh, in the past, we saw many players to to build just like him, like Igor Olmsen from Croatia, or maybe uh, Walt Whiteman from Belgium. So this is Marcus a, Nielsen also. Uh, I would say even uh, even though even, he, he even more rare, even more rare, like Marcus yeah. Nielsen, of course. But and he won the Champions League with Lokomotiv Novosibirsk. So yes, uh, very rare uh, players that come and, and make history. So I think uh, Modena and Perugia have this option. I don't think Rilischki will will have the need to leave Italy. I think he will be he will have some offers. But again, uh, you know that volleyball maybe uh, sometimes is a unfair sport and people get hired by the name and not by the 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 performance of the pro volleyball. They also look more the international games than the pro games. So, yeah, so, uh, in some in some okay. ways, it's, uh, it's not unfair, but it is what it is. Richkick, rumors oh. as that Richkick <laughs> could also be an option for for Trento. If uh, uh, Nimir has been linked with almost any of the top three teams, uh, so they thought that... Uh, uh, it depends on what sides have wanted to do uh, in Luba if you want to be an opposite or or not. And they, they one rumor said that they could uh, swap the, the opposite between Luba and uh, and Trento, Rikliski and Nimir. But I don't think that's a problem. You said, uh, Ronnie, that mm. Nimir has not maybe clutch in some points because, well, you got Gapé and, and Leal. You could set the ball to them <laughs> rather than to... Mm. To, to Nimir, so it's probably uh, Modena is probably the the team who needs less an opposite that could score f 30 points uh, every game, and then we'll have the 
the the most uh, important ball at the end of the of the set so that they could hire him and if they do i don't know actually who will be the favorite next year it will because... be it will be almost the same or i think even uh, more lower than when uh, lube bring leal bruno and and Sokolov. And Simon, sorry, and Simon. They have Sokolov already and they have Juan yeah. Torena. But this is the, 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 the difference. Modena doesn't have anyone. So it, they will have, have to bring everyone again, like Bruno, like uh, Engape, Leal, and then maybe uh, uh, Nimir. I, I think that the best uh, team in Lube Civitanova history was, uh, in fact, that team from 2000. Uh, 18-2019 that almost win everything I think that if maybe was, wasn't Medei uh, and uh, the Georgie had the team in the, in the beginning of the season they will at least manage to win also the World Club Championship but uh, I don't think the Super Cup because the Super Cup is, is uh, uh, and they, they, they came from the World Championship season, so uh, it, it was hard to, to win by anyone. So, but this is, for, this is an opinion, personal opinion that I have regarding the Lubecivitanova organization. Okay, let's put the full stop here, and uh, I believe that this was uh, enough. And we, uh, we mentioned a lot of topics today, so. Uh, next podcast, probably, if we have enough uh, enough uh, topics to talk about before the VNL, before the start uh, of the VNL, and uh, I would like to to thank you for being again that experts people for uh, yeah uh, I don't know how many consecutive times and uh, for you the listeners or the viewers of the podcast thank you again for watching and. Uh, Follow us in the in Twitter, Facebook, uh, in uh, Spotify, and uh, I don't know where else. Also, and uh, uh, yeah, support us and watch us or listen to us. Also, the next time too. You bye bye. Uh, no, very yeah? first. Okay. First, uh, let, let me say something. If you guys ah. want to want to uh, uh, give us some tips about the next topic that we discuss here, like such as the v or common VNL that I know Nicola doesn't like, but still will watch because Italy is playing, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and other topics regarding the Olympics uh, and such like that. Maybe, I don't know, uh, this is more like not to be commented, but it, it will have interesting to, to see what, like, what is the best team that uh, regarding our, our countries or any, or any of you guys' uh, countries in the history, the, the best ones, uh, we can do like rankings or, or such to, yeah. to, to show people that it's not only World League Olympics and that there has been some players that they never make it into the national teams uh, scenes, but they, they conquer things like I said before, Walt Weinman, Igor Orsen, and many other players that have been uh, forgotten through the years. So just thank you very much again for uh, watch at this uh, this podcast. Follow all our pages below the Diwali and Facebook, Twitter, uh, Cuban Spy if you like our content. It's only in Spanish for now. Let's see in the future. And of course our our main 
the orchestra director volleyball Spain <laughs> that support us with his knowledge and yes thank you very much in uh, in behalf of of volleyball Spain. thank you again bye bye bye